Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we are coming back to you with another podcast. This time, it is right after the first round of the NFL Draft has completed. We're recording this on Thursday night, just after the first round is wrapped up. You are probably listening to this on Friday morning. And in that case, last night, the Packers selected edge rusher Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa with the 13th overall pick. Certainly uh, a lot to say about this pick, considering who was available at the time. I don't know. There's just a lot to get into here. Braun, how are you doing? What do you think of the pick? Griff, I'm doing good. That was a fun draft for the most part. Um, not the It was pick a crazy everybody... draft, man. We were shocked several times. Yeah, not the pick everybody was maybe hoping for in terms of trying to grab a weapon to help Jordan Love kind of get his feet off the ground. In Green Bay, but it was—it's a pick that we probably, you know, it's—it's it's safe to say that it was a guy that we all knew would be on Green Bay's radar. It was one of four mock drafts that I did where I, I had Lucas going to Green Bay in, in round one, um, so I knew it was a guy that they would have interest in and that they'd like for a lot of reasons. Griff and I—we kind of watched some of the things he could do on tape and. He's a good player, definitely. So the, the player, I would say I like the player a lot. Um, I do know and we understood coming into the draft that edge rusher was going to be a possibility, especially where Green Bay was picking. Uh, and we mentioned that there was a guy, a group of guys that we mentioned in that area, and Lucas was near the top of that list. So the pick was far from a surprise. But with Jackson Smith and Jigba still on the board, uh, that, that being the best wide receiver in the draft, and expecting that Green Bay would finally make that pick for a lot of reasons, to go get a, a weapon, a receiver for this offense, and then to once again not do it is just a surprise and a shock, although it shouldn't be. It's just you, every year you think, well, now they finally have to do it, and then they just don't <laughs> do it for whatever reason. And then there was a lot of reasons you would think that they would do it this year, Namely being the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not here and the idea that Brian now can no longer rely on Aaron Rodgers covering up the litany of blemishes that sit on this roster from top to bottom over the course of the last decade. And I would I would have thought that they would have addressed that position to give Jordan Love an opportunity to have a lot of weapons to throw to. But instead, they go with the pass rusher, giving him another another first round pick on the defense, Joe Barry, another weapon. And just to add to it's, they have the talent. That's what I don't understand. This is almost redundant pick because the last thing this defense needs more of is talent. It, it just needs a better system. It needs to be a right, There's no shortage of talent. This is, this is what frustrates me about the pick. And I was very frustrated by the pick, even though, like you said, Braun, we knew this was very likely. Lucas Van Ness has been one of the most mocked, players for Green Bay in this draft for a long time, even when they were at 15 before they traded Aaron Rodgers three days ago or whenever that was. Lucas Van Ness was a very Packers type of pick, and a lot of people saw this coming. And everyone also knew that edge rusher was a one of the one of Green Bay's bigger needs. I would say their biggest need is wide receiver, as it has been for, what, five, six years now? It's always receiver. And that was no different this offseason. I think that Pretty much everyone knew that the Packers' biggest need on their roster was wide receiver once again. Because that offense is just, 
it's a mess, dude. There's Christian Watson. They are banking on him being a Hall of Famer at this point. Romeo Dobbs, they need to be good at the very least. They need him to be like near a Pro Bowl level. Otherwise, this offense is going to be just ugly. Like, we saw what it was with Aaron Rodgers. What are we thinking this is going to be with Jordan Love? They have there's so much pressure on him right now. And it's They're so frustrating that this is the organizational philosophy. It's not an Aaron Rodgers thing. We know that now. They just don't value the position of the wide receiver. They don't value that position. And it is so frustrating because they have been trying for 15 years now to build the perfect defense. They want that elite defense that is going to win them a Super Bowl so badly. 11 of their last 12 first-round draft picks have been spent on the defense all of all but one of Goody's first round draft picks in his tenure as GM has been on defense. That one offensive player being Jordan Love. It is so frustrating. And then Goody at his presser says, "Oh yeah, a lot of that is just coincidence. It's just kind of how the board fell, and it's weird that it's fallen like that so often." Like but the really, other part of it I don't too, think Griff, that's true. The philosophical look at it when you 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 saw that he mentioned, you know, there was a few guys that he was considering at number thirteen, and obviously. The receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, was, was one of those guys just based on the talent. And you could tell because it was kind of implied. And he said it came down to positional value. That's what he said. He said those words. That frustrates me exactly. even more, man. Because it's not like he just didn't like JSN. It's not like the Packers just didn't project JSN to be a good receiver. No. Goody pretty much admitted at the podium tonight that they did think he was good and they were considering drafting him. And a, and a couple other guys, I suppose. And so that makes it more frustrating because it's like, looking at your team, why would you go with the edge rusher who's going to be on the bench most likely most of this year? After you've already spent so many first-round draft picks in the front seven and you have so many second-contract players there, like, I just don't get it. And I, I understand that the Packers, best player available, that is very much their motto, and they draft based on how the board falls. But sometimes, I think it's okay to draft for need. When you're talking about your wide receiver number one, there had not been a receiver taken at 13. They had the pick of their favorite receiver, or tight end for that matter. There, there had not been a tight end or a receiver taken in the first 12 picks of this year's draft. They had the choice of their favorite player at, as, a pass catcher, as a pass catcher for Jordan Love this season. And they declined the option to take their favorite pass catcher in favor of an edge rusher. And listen... Lucas Van Ness, Braun, we watched him, what, three nights ago? We watched him. We both liked him. I, I think he's going to be good. And he was, in coming into today, he was in the tier for me of, I would not hate this pick. I wouldn't love it. There was a couple guys I'd love. Lucas was in the, the second tier for me. I think he's going to be good. I think there's a really good chance he's going to be a great player in this league. Obviously, he has the production, unlike Rashawn Gary, but his measurables are very similar to Rashawn Gary. And the pick makes sense, like we've said. So, this is not anything against Lucas. This was not, like, I don't think they drafted a bad player. I, I think it's a positional value thing that really frustrates me, and it shouldn't frustrate me, but it doesn't get any less frustrating, even though they do this year after year after year. Same thing as when they don't win Super Bowls. That frustrates me every year. It never gets easier. Just like this, we, we get the... We get the uh, the excitement coming into today. Oh, are we going to draft JSN? And then he's on the board. He was on the board. I'm, th I'm getting the post ready. Like, I have all of this ready. Because, obviously, JSN is on the board. They have to draft him. Who is it going to But no, take? they have... I don't understand. <laughs> they who, have who not changed like, whatsoever. What kind man? of player at the wide receiver position 
Is it going to take for them know. to finally do it? Like to finally like is it going to take Calvin Johnson the second coming? Like I don't know what they, like who is it going to be that finally puts them over the edge where they take a receiver in the first round because there's been guys they they chose not to move up for Justin Jefferson and among others Brandon Ayuk among others there's they've chose not to select guys like Rashad Bateman who was available when they were on the clock no I mean there's a bunch of receivers we could go over and over and and look at the amount of guys that they chose to pass on whether it was in 2019, 2018. I mean there was a, there's a, a litany of guys you could look at and the, a lot of those guys like DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and Debo Samuel that went in the second round even like they're they're never making and that's you would think that's where they would make their money. They finally went and got one early last year with Christian Watson, but it's it's been too little too late for se- for several years, and now here's a chance to get out ahead of it with a brand new quarterback, and to give him somebody that they can grow together, a guy that they can build a relationship and a connection and a chemistry together right from the get go. Jordan's first year starting. And they don't do it. And is there a possibility they go and get somebody in the early stages of round two? Sure, but it's not going to be the clear, far and away, best receiver in the draft. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was there when the Packers were on the clock, and they once again chose to not select that player, even though I would say he's the best prospect since Justin Jefferson at the wide receiver position. That was ever a possibility for Green Bay. He was our draft crush since day one. He was the first guy we watched all the way back in January after the season ended, Braun. And we've loved him ever since. And it, I just felt like there was not more of an obvious pick in this draft for Green Bay other than Jackson Smith and Jigba. And it was like, oh, this is going to be pretty ironic now that Rodgers is finally gone. They actually draft a receiver. But, of course, they have to do it. And it's like every year we say, of course they have to do it. Of course they have to do it. And they never do. And it never stops shocking me and also annoying me very much. And but Lucas, I, I have to mention too. Remember when we traded Devonte Adams, our best player, and then how they could said, I forget? "Oh, can't wait because we have all these picks to work with now, and we're either going to trade for a a big time veteran receiver, or we're going to draft one at least one early because we've got two first round picks and two second round picks now. So we have all this capital to do go get a receiver. And what did they do? They ended up taking one with their second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and they did not acquire a single veteran other than Sammy Watkins. So I don't know what this I don't know what this organization feels about the receiver position, but yet once again I will remind everybody that when you look at the past several, and I mean every single one of these Super Bowl teams, these teams that have made the Super Bowl, even the AFC Championship, the Bengals, they have multiple guys: T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They've got multiple, multiple guys. Jamar Chase, right? That's the, Packers, the Bengals. They live in a different world, bro. Look at the they, Chiefs. They do things. They Look run things the like it's two thousand five, man. I mean, everyone's laughing guys. at the Lions. Everyone's laughing at the Lions for taking Jameer Gibbs at what twelve overall, I think. But that is not something that the Packers wouldn't do. Like if they loved a running back that much, like it is not, you know, unfathomable to think about Green Bay falling in love with Jameer Gibbs and then taking him in the first round. Like, that could totally happen. Because they just think of this game in that old-fashioned sense. And 
I, I don't want to be Mr. Negativity. In fact, I was quite happy today because I really was excited and the Rogers drama was past me and it was all eyes to the future. But I was reminded once again tonight that this organization just lives in a different generation of football compared to the rest of the league. That's the sad truth, and, and it's because it's clear. Like we look at, like I was just saying, the recent winners of Super Bowls are all stacked up on weapons. And even you go back to some of those Patriot teams, and they had Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski, and among others, like they always had elite talent. And then it, even recently, like I was saying, the Buccaneers with Brady had Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and all these different players that they tried to bring in, whether it was Antonio Brown and the list goes on and on of just guys that they had. Scotty Miller, who burned us, as we all remember. And it's, it's all these teams. The Chiefs have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman. And, and, and then they, when they lost, Trav, or when they lost uh, Tyreek Hill... They go and get MVS, and they draft a receiver in the second round, and like, and that they they My add thing all these guys. The, and it's the receivers, like, I think it's such an important position. Clearly, the organization disagrees with me on that front, but I I do think it's some GMs are flawed. I I, I think it's a bad idea to reach for need in the draft, but that would not have been the case tonight. JSN was the number one wide receiver according to the consensus board on the consensus board he was ranked number 11 and we were picking at 13 meaning that it would actually be good value if we picked him at 13 he ends up falling all the way to 20 seattle was thanking their lucky stars that he fell into their lap but this this was a guy who was available at 13 that's where about where he was projected to go this this was the perfect pick and it wouldn't have been a reach and i i don't understand how like goody probably has a positional value, you know, adjusted big board. Like, he has his ranking of players, his top 100 players on his big board that he has in the Packers front office. It is probably ranked, you know, with... It's weighted by positional value, right? Based on the team's needs. Or do you think he just has it as the best players in the draft, and he is absolutely going to draft the best player available? I think you have to weight it in some way. No, they. he, he always talks about how subconsciously knowing that there's a need at a position it will in in the process of making their big board it will trump some of the others like over a certain position i don't understand then how you can have lucas van ness ahead of jsn griff they just clearly don't think the position they don't think the position is a need they do have christian watson who is going into his second year but again also aaron Rodgers is as part of some of these guys having success i'm not saying christian but like Romeo is, is their receiver, too, currently. And then after that, I guess it's Samori Torre. Bo Melton is there. but like they So they've got, like, a, a decent group of, like, guys that no. you can count on as, like, no. fours and fives. No. But they don't have a one. Yeah, fours like and fives. And I'm not, ca- I don't want to count on these players. That's the thing, especially this year. With Jordan Love, it's his first year starting. He is set up to fail on paper right now, bro. This is just, like... This is, we are going to learn, if Jordan Love plays poorly this year, we are going to learn nothing. Because it's going to be the same thing as Justin Fields in Chicago last year. You can't evaluate the quarterback when everything around them is such a mess, which it looks like it's going to be. I don't know what the plan is. I don't. And for what it's worth, when we're talking about big boards and and rankings and consensus rankings, you mentioned JSN was ranked 11th. A lot of, I mean, many 
many people had him as the top receiver, if not, you know, one of the top guys in the draft overall. And then we look at Lucas Van Ness. When you look at individual big boards rankings, I mean, for Lucas Van Ness, we picked him 13th. PFF had him ranked 27th overall. Bleacher Report had him ranked 21st. And ESPN had him ranked 27th. And that's... Just to clarify, there, there were also some other media outlets that had him ranked higher on their big boards but when we talk about these consensus big boards all these media outlets come out with their mock drafts and they also come out with their ranked players in the draft and these are influenced by nfl scouts and you know people within nfl buildings they influence that's why draft stock is such a real thing there's risers and fallers in every pre-draft process because these NFL insiders who have inside sources, right? They're talking to scouts in February and in March. And as the scouts' opinions change, so do these Daniel Jeremiah's and Mel Kuyper's. It's it's a little bit of their own scouting, but a lot of it is fueled by NFL scouting departments. And that's why we see things like the Consensus Big Board, which aggregates all of these outlets and forms an average ranking of every player on each, um, on each Big Board. We see those line up most of the time with the order of players taken in the NFL draft. That's why these things are valuable, and that's they help you identify reaches, like A.J. Dillon in 2020. That was a massive reach, and there's no doubt about it. So there is the consensus ranking of these players individually, and then each team also takes into account their positional needs. And I guess... I mean, clearly there's no doubt about it now. The Packers just don't value the position very much. They don't spend any money at it. They don't draft them very often. And this is at least lately because people love to mention, oh, well, Adams, Jordy, and Driver, and Jennings. Like, we're talking about 10 years ago, man. We're talking about Devontae Adams. That was 2014. That was nine years ago. Like, what have you done for me lately? Brian Gutekunst, since you've been general manager, and that is ignore the position, which is just, I, 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 part of me doesn't want to get into this because we always get into this, but if you're listening to this podcast on a Friday morning after the draft, you were probably in some ways frustrated like I am and like Braun is. And I, it's, it's frustrating because year after year, we see this team miss the playoffs last year and lose in the playoffs in 21 and lose in the playoffs in 2020 and 2019 because the passing game stalls. And that is with the MVP at quarterback. And it is largely because we have Devontae Adams and nobody else. That has been the problem consistently for years now. The best? And I don't know what it's going to take for Brian to wake up one day and realize, oh my God, another talented pass catcher on this team might help us. When you look at the best guys that we've brought in, whether it was from the draft or even in free agency or whatever, I mean, since 2018 when Brian Gutekunst became the general manager, we signed Jimmy Graham, and ever since then, who is the best receiver we've brought onto this football team by Brian Gutekunst? The answer is probably the guy that we just drafted, Christian Watson, and that's embarrassing. Because that just happened last year, and there's not a guy that I can even picture in my head. Is it MVS, who is not yeah, even MVS on the football the team anymore guy. and was never anything for us? Or and that's from the tight end <laughs> position, who is it? Is it Josiah DeGuara? Is it Robert? Is Tanya? it Mercedes Lewis? Inherited. Yeah, I don't know what to this say. Is, really, it's I. I'm so conflicted. I really am, because I. I believe they are a competent organization. I believe that they they Their have I don't know what it good. is. 
A lot of the, they I, have I, good I process. I always say this about Brian. A lot of what they do is strong process. It's good process, and a lot of what they do is is is, is intelligent and well thought out and well planned and well executed. Relative to other NFL franchises, yes, they're they very are structured. amongst the best. They're very they they're very poised and structured, and they're they're not pan, they never panic. Non-reactive they're positives to what they do, but then Definitely. when you look at from another standpoint of like. They almost get in their own way. They're too smart for their own good. They're they're afraid to change. This we this came up when we were talking about with Aaron Rodgers and the way that the philosophical way that they treated players. And it's just they do not. They're not open minded. They're not open to change. They're not open to the new realizations of a new society and a new world that we live in. And when it comes <laughs> to the football society. field, when it comes to the football field, it's a completely different situation from every other team in the league they are just scared to recognize any form of change in the way that the game is played the way that teams are winning the way that teams are having success the Packer way will forever reign as long as disciples of Ron Wolf and Ted Thompson and other Brian Gutekunst homegrown born and bred Green Bay Packers staffers getting these GM jobs it's the only way that this is going to go for the longest time because they're all treated and trained to do the same thing the same way, and they have not evolved with the times, and they I have think not this evolved with the way of the world winning football today. And that is I think this back. specifically is a Goody thing. I think Goody specifically undervalues the receiver position. I mean, there's, there's no other guesses I can make as to what the deal is. Because this team used to draft receivers. Ted drafted receivers, you know? Green Bay has an illustrious history of at the wide receiver position. We have a lot of great ones. But it's since 2018, that position has been a complete afterthought. And it gets frustrating. And again, I, I like Lucas. I do like Lucas, you know? I, I think he's going to be good. I watch him on tape, and I think, oh... That's that looks like an NFL edge rusher to me, and he can play all over the line too. He's not just an edge rusher. He played 155 snaps at defensive tackle last season at Iowa, and he played 242 snaps at the edge rusher position. He can There's play a lot everywhere. of positives to what he does. He's explosive. He does it at one of the one of the best schools in the nation. He does he does it against great competition, and he he was a part of a great football culture. He played well on special teams. He had two block kicks. He does a lot of things well, and Brian talked about his character being a great fit. I love the prospect. I love the player for us. But there's also a contextual part of it that it makes it a worse pick when you look at the fact that we have other needs. And when you talk about you're not drafting for need, I understand that as well. But it's going to be hard to win football games if they don't quickly find a way to add veteran and, and we've been saying this forever, veteran and young rookie talent. At the, at the positions of tight end and wide receiver. When they finally begin to do that is when we will finally see a chance that we could win legitimate football games in January and maybe February. But they didn't do it with Aaron Rodgers, and every time we thought we had a team that could win the Super Bowl, they were obviously, every, every trade deadline we knew we were a player away. We never felt, oh, this team is ready. We were always knowing that we were a player away. They never went and made that leap. They never went and made that move. They didn't sign Odell Beckham. They didn't sign that player. They didn't trade for that player. They didn't draft that player. And Aaron Rodgers is gone. 
without a happy ending, without a Super Bowl, because of a lot of those things, in my opinion, the way that they constructed the offense without adding talent. And now they're setting up Jordan Love in his first season where he's going to be very, very critically evaluated by fans and many others across the league. Many jobs are on the line, and it will be an embarrassment if Jordan Love does not come out and play well. And the problem with all of this is they are failing to set him up in a, in a way that could give him the chance to make everybody in that building look smart. Because if he doesn't do well, it's going to be bad for everybody involved. Mark Murphy's already on his way out, and once that happens, everybody's job is on the line. Everybody's job is already now on the line because Aaron Rodgers isn't covering up the blemishes anymore. And if they don't give Jordan Love the opportunity to play with guys that can play immediately and maybe help him grow and help him ease through some of these rookie struggles that he's going to have as a, as a young starting quarterback for his first year, it's going to be ugly. It's just going to be ugly. And I'm afraid to even say that because I want to see this team win and I'd like to see a smooth transition. But it's going to be ugly if they don't do the right thing and, and try to make this roster something that can win and, and not even just win right away, but let Jordan Love look like he can play so that way we can feel confident about his development going forward and him actually being the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. This team could be good if Love is better than anyone thinks and if Christian Watson turns into one of the best receivers in football. I think that's what it would take for this team to be good, giving, given the offense that we're looking at right now. I don't know what the plan is. I, I, this this wasn't the worst night of my life. There were a lot worse picks that they could have made. Lucas was predictable. We saw it coming. I like the player. It's a position of need. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about the receiver position, which I think is a bigger need, but edge rusher was, in my opinion, our second biggest need, given Rashawn Gary coming off a torn ACL. I totally understand the pick. And if JSN was not on the board, I'd be happy right now. I really would. And I I don't want to come off as just being a pessimist and a negative guy because I'm not. I'm a fan of this team. And all day today, I was excited and I was ready to move on from the Aaron Rodgers drama. It's a new era. I was ready to support Jordan Love and be happy with the draft tonight with the 13th overall pick. I was ready to be excited, maybe a little disappointed when JSN inevitably got selected before us. I didn't think he would make the 13, but I was going to be happy with whoever we took, a lineman, an edge rusher, or a receiver in my hopes and dreams, but I didn't really put too much faith in that happening. But when JSN was on the board, it felt like such a slam dunk to me and my entire Twitter timeline, everyone on Instagram, everyone thought this was the perfect fit, you have to draft him, help out your first first year starting quarterback. And they didn't. And it's given their track record, it's not very surprising. And Lucas Mus or <laughs> Lucas Musgraves, I'm I'm tired here. Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher, Iowa. I'm excited to watch him play football, and I think he's gonna be good. Now, let's talk a little bit before we get out of here about the players still available. Yeah, in, I was just uh, going to say, there's a good list, to... of, there's a good list of, of guys that, and if we're going to talk about just strictly weapons, there's there's a list of guys that are still available that you could even consider, you, we thought could go in round one. And there's guys, that, especially at tight end, there's guys that you would feel good about taking uh, in our area around round two. One of those is Michael Mayer. A lot of a lot of people liked, liked Michael Mayer from a round one standpoint, if maybe we were to trade back. Um, he's a guy that's still available and, and has the opportunity to be, if we were to bring him in, it would be a value pick. 
and it would it would feel good because like I just said if he, if he was to go to Green Bay in round one there would be some level of excitement because they drafted a guy that uh, just similar to Christian Watson where if you would have gotten him in round one it would have felt good and it would have been I would have felt like it was a worthy pick if they only if they had traded back but if they get him at 42 that would be a lot of value and, and Sam Laporta is still there he's also from Iowa that's a tight end that you would grab in round two and at receiver, my favorite of the available guys is Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, who has a lot of production. Jalen Hyatt would really change my mood, I have to say. Yeah, that would be a special pick T- to get him. And he is—he's one of the fastest receivers in the draft. Super, super talented. He's very similar to Christian Watson with his deep threat. Yeah, ability, but watching but him, it didn't really feel like Christian like too much. It didn't feel like a copy. I think he can run player. routes a little bit better than uh, people think. I don't, and he didn't get to do it much at Tennessee because they just had him use his speed against uh, and run against these guys that aren't as fast as him and just run down the field and burn everybody. But I think he can run routes a little better than we've seen. Uh, so he's a guy that's still available. Cedric Tillman of Tennessee, who didn't play a bunch last year, but he's another guy who's very good. And then when you look at another tight end, Darnell Washington is there, who I'm sure if I feel like if he's there at 42, they'll probably oh run it up God. and pick him. So oh, there, there are that, guys. They've got my two least picks. favorite scenario tomorrow night is Darnell Washington. My favorite scenario would be Jalen Hyatt. It would be nice to grab them both, honestly. I, I wouldn't mind getting both of those guys. Darnell could do things that... I am not big on Darnell. Not well, we, we Neither of us are super big on his ability to catch the ball but and, and, and run with it, obviously. But I think what he could do from a developmental standpoint and projecting what he can do with his, fa- with his frame and size, he's, he's bigger than Mercedes was. And I think if they were to get him in the coaching... And, and that we have in Green Bay and, and get him in the classroom, I feel like that's a player that they could develop into somebody who could come in right away and have an impact. I, that's, I think that's – and also with the traits that he has, I just think it's going to be tough for them to pass up on him in the second round. But the good news is Green Bay does have two picks in the second round thanks to the trade of the best player on the planet. So we have another second-round pick for that. And they're going to be able to take two players in the span of four picks. They have picked number 42 and 45, 11 and 14 in the second round. Going to be a lot of fun. I think those are going to be good picks. Hopefully they – I wouldn't even mind them moving up earlier into round two with one of those picks, giving up maybe a fourth uh, to, to go grab their favorite guy on round two, whoever that might be, best guy available. But we'll see what happens, Griff. Yeah, I'm excited for round two tomorrow and round three and the rest of the draft. All my hope is not lost for this draft. You know, I like this pick. I do. And I'm going to be happier about it the closer we get to the season. But right now, I'm just annoyed, really. We're recording this an hour after the draft ended. I'm very emotional and I'm a little tired and I'm annoyed. And am I allowed to be annoyed? Yes, I think so. Because this organization, sometimes I question what era they are playing in. But Lucas Van Ness, the pick, the player, in a vacuum, I like him. And I think he's going to be fun to watch playing alongside Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark and the rest of them up there in the front seven, which we have spent so many resources on building. Let's hope Joe Barry can coordinate a a talented group of individuals on defense to actually being an efficient and successful defense, which we have yet to see them be, despite all the resources spent on that It really feels like trying to get a group of adults to line up in a straight line like you would kindergartners. We just have so much talent. You would think it'd be easy, but it's not. (laughs) 
you know, you would think it's no. easy. But then they, you know, yeah. you, you try to you try to put. I mean, on paper on last line. year, our defense on paper last year, like we have too much talent. What Griff. what more can you ask for? That's what I'm saying. We I don't know how adding good starters everywhere is going to do anything different. But no, it's not. Which is what frustrates me. Which is what frustrates me. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting out of here. Let's go to let's go to sleep, Ron. <laughs> Thank we'll, you so we'll much. We'll end on a high note and say that the player is a, a talented prospect, and that he's very talented. It's it's going to be a nice, you know, development to watch, and he can come in and play right away if if Gary's hurt and things like that. Just you know, there's there's seven rounds in this thing for a reason. We'll see what they do. There's guys that I like. Jalen Hyatt is one of my favorite receivers in this draft. So. Just I, I was saying, Christian Watson was my guy last year. That was I, that was maybe my I think he was my second favorite receiver in the draft, and we got him in round two. I was excited about that. Jalen Hyatt is a guy I really like, and if we were to grab him, that would be I would be pretty happy. And then no, they I'd get be their happy with Hyatt. They I'd get that kind of receiver. Hyatt. And I've and here's the thing too. We talk about. Some of the advantages at the receiver position, right? What the Chiefs have been doing for years is having players that are just so much faster than the defenders. And Green Bay would have that opportunity to have Christian Watson, the fastest receiver in the NFL, at that height. There's nobody faster than him above six feet tall. And that's just Jordan Love with the run game. That is a whole different dynamic that could change our offense as well. You add in Jalen Hyatt. Offense. Now I'm getting excited. Yes, you add in a guy like Jalen Hyatt, who is one of he's the fastest receiver in this class probably, and now they have two of the fastest players in the NFL on offense. This is what I'm talking about. There is still hope to get this thing rolling. There's just, still hope. There, there's definitely still hope to build a good team this year. I think. Yes, it's just that they're, they have. They're to running go out, out of picks. <laughs> they're running out of players that they yes, can take. Yes, that's that's my that point. They can they're take. running out of chances to get these guys that can do what we were trying to say. Yeah, you know, and it's just disappointing. Elite receivers. That's a possibility still, but they're just running out of the the players to make that happen and the picks as well. And JSN we felt like such a slam dunk that, that he been was really going nice. to be good yeah. right away. Really and that's why I'm so down. disappointed because I loved the player. Really, I did love the player, and it was such a need, and it just felt so obvious. But nothing is obvious at the receiver position to this general manager. And nothing is office, obvious so. in this draft, and things change, and the development of players and guys, you never know who's going to be good and all these different things. So it's tough to, you know, to just let it play out. But and, you know, when you feel like there's a slam dunk and you fail to hit it, it's it's unfortunate, but I do have hope that they can find the right way to go about getting the things done that we need to in order to kind of get this transition off and running smooth as possible for Jordan so we can have, uh, like I said, an opportunity to have a football club that operates at a high level this year. Let's do it right away. Let's get going because there's always opportunity, and the standard is the standard in Green Bay. Super Bowl or bust, and I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I'd like to at least get a look at my quarterback and say this is a guy that can eventually do it for us. So let's give him the opportunity the best way we can, and that's by surrounding him with talent and not just on defense, on offense as well. 
And with that, that's going to do it for today's show. So thank you so much for listening. I am excited for round two and three and the rest of the draft going into the weekend. We will be back soon to talk about the rest of the Packers draft picks and uh, more about the Aaron Rodgers trade and the outlook into next season. What's this team going to look like? I'm excited to find out. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers and Braun is on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we will be back soon. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening, everybody. As always, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.